Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. As many of you will know, I recently bought a new car. It is a Mini. It's a green Mini. And I have always wanted a green Mini. Since I was small, I've wanted a green Mini. Um, It has renewed my enjoyment of driving. I'm actually looking forward to driving to the weekend away in Wales in my green Mini. I know that I'm not the best driver in the world. I am not Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. But equally, I don't think I'm a bad driver. I, I don't think I'm a bad driver. But when I'm driving, I do like to know where I'm going and I like to know where I am. I like to have plenty of warning when the next turn is going to be. And as a result, if I don't really know where I am, I, I genuinely can get a little bit flustered, I'll be honest. Google Maps actually drives me insane. She always gives the instructions too late or it's not clear enough, and I get increasingly frustrated, increasingly lost, as I'm trying to catch up with what she said. Google Maps is trying to redirect me because I've gone the wrong way. It's always worse in a city centre when you've got multiple lane junctions, you've got to get in the right place. You've got one-way streets, um, or it's worse when you're out in the middle of nowhere on narrow lanes, you take the wrong turn, you cannot turn round and go back. So recently, a couple of weeks ago, Um, I was in the car with my daughter Sophie and we were on some very windy country roads in the depths of Yorkshire and Google Google Maps said, in 200 yards, continue straight onto Oldfield Road. That's my best impression of Google Maps. So I followed the road straight. I didn't take the slight left turn that was actually a junction, didn't take that. At which point Sophie said that she thought that Google Maps, when she said go straight, she actually meant take the slight left turn and so began a diversion that actually genuinely took us five minutes longer than it should have done because I couldn't turn around um, and I had to completely redirect to get onto Oldfield Road. I like it when my dad gives me directions. See, my dad... He did that later that day. Later the same day, I'm in the car with my dad. Completely different journey. He's, he was an engineer all of his working life. And his directions are very clear. He gives plenty of warning and there's a lot of detail. When driving, I find it easier to be led by my dad than by Google Maps. And I think that in life, we can all have a tendency to be a little bit like this. When we're travelling through the journey of life... We really want to have clear directions of how to get from A to B, don't we? We want plenty of warning before we make a change in our route. And we can get flustered, frustrated, anxious, feel a little bit lost when it's not clear what the next step is. Excuse me. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Because it certainly sounds familiar to me. Now, if you've been around Christchurch Manchester... Over the last few weeks, you will be aware that we're in a really exciting season at the moment where, as a whole church, we're pressing into the presence of God. We're uh, pressing into the activity of the Holy Spirit. 
We've been following um, the preaching series on life in the spirit. Together in our community groups, we've been looking at this book, the book of the term, Everyday Supernatural. And this morning, we're continuing to look at the topic um, of bit by looking at being led by the spirit. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, being led by the spirit. Let's look at the passage for this morning. It's Romans 8, verse 14. It's going to come up on the screen there. Um, I'm going to read a few verses afterwards as well. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So I've got one verse, 14 words to talk to you about this morning. You'd kind of think that wouldn't take me very long, wouldn't you? Some translations of this, 14 words, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Some translations say, as many as are led by the Spirit are children of God. Some translations say only those who are led by the Spirit. There's a sense in this that it's, an, it's a normal mark of those who are God's children that we will be led by his Spirit in a way that others are not. So if, it's, if this is something which is supposed to set us apart from others, to be an identifier of us being God's kids, how do we know that we're being led by the Spirit? What exactly are we talking about? What does it look like to be led by the Spirit? Well, the first thing that I want to say is being led by the Spirit is not just for super Christians. Throughout the Bible, we see examples of people being led by God's Spirit. So in the Old Testament, we see the people of Israel being guided by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. We see God speaking in really clear and obvious and sometimes really bizarre ways. A talking donkey, for example, a burning bush. We see Saul struck blind on the road to Damascus, hearing an audible voice from heaven. Peter having a vision of a blanket coming down full of all kinds of crazy animals. And then we can read biographies of people who've done amazing things in their lives, like this one. Voice in the Night, this is great by the way, by Pastor Surprise Sitole. He came to Christ because he literally heard a voice in the night tell him to get up and run before his village was raided. Amazing. I love these stories. They are fantastic, exciting, encouraging examples of people whose lives are led by the Spirit. However, I think that I think sometimes we can get stuck into this um, idea, this pattern of thinking that that's what it has to look like to be led by the Spirit. That it's it's a massive prophetic word telling us to quit our job and move to another nation. That's being led by the Spirit. It's a dream showing us the person that we'll marry, exactly who they are, where we'll meet them, what they'll be wearing. It's a bright flashing neon sign that says, this way. And sometimes that is what being led by the Spirit looks like. Sometimes it does. But often, it looks much more normal, much more day-to-day. Living a life led by the Spirit 
It's not just for those people who are going to do the really dramatic stuff. It's not just something for those who sometimes we wrongly consider to be the super Christians. We can think, oh, it's easy for them. God speaks really clearly to them. No. It's for all who are children of God. It's for you and for me. It's every day and it's normal. It's about building a relationship that means we recognise his promptings in every situation, in the small things of life and in the big life decisions, without the flashing neon sign. Because we're closely walking with the Lord. We know his heart. We respond to his spirit. Because you are a child of God, you can hear his voice. You can be led by his spirit. And we often make this a lot more complicated than it is. It's actually really rare for it to be the clear, wow, God is talking, he's directing me this way kind of word. And when it is that clear, often that's a warning in itself. See, when you look in the Bible and when you speak to people who have had those really clear words from God, the flashing light type of signs, they'll tell you that there is often a really good reason why God speaks that clearly. And usually it's because we need to be able to look back when things get really hard and we need to be able to say, God definitely said. Big words often come before hard actions. So even those big, big life-changing decisions, they don't always come with the big, massive prophetic words or the very clear unquestionable direction I think often if we're honest that's what we want isn't it we want the unquestionable direction in my own life I've made quite a few big life decisions now that's what happens when you get to my age I've I've chosen a university I've chosen what to study there I got married I've raised two children to adulthood and they're okay we've as an adult I have moved seven times now, moved house seven times, four different cities, two different continents. I've had various jobs. And I can honestly say that in all of those decisions, I've felt led by the Spirit in some way or another, to one degree or another. And yet, I've never had the big word from the stage at a conference or a festival. So how does God speak? How does the Spirit lead us even in those big life decisions? Well, for some of you, you might be sitting there going like, this all makes perfect sense, this is great, I know what God's voice sounds like, I can carry on life, stepping into life, being led by the Spirit. For others of you, it might be a fairly new idea. You might, you might think, I've heard about this, but I'm not sure that I've really experienced this myself. You might be sitting there thinking, well, how? How does God speak? How does the Spirit lead us? And God speaks in lots of different ways. And I will be honest, we could literally do weeks talking about the different ways that God speaks and how you discern and how you understand it. And I've got a few minutes. So I'm just going to give you a few suggestions of how God might speak to you. It might be the thought in your mind. It might be a picture in your mind's eye, an idea that comes from nowhere. It might be a sense of faith rising up in you 
unexpectedly in a situation that looks impossible. It might be a scripture coming to mind. It might be something from God's word having more significance than it has done before. Dreams are actually surprisingly common. Take notice of dreams. It might be a sense of peace in a, in a troubled or a difficult situation. Or it might be peace about a direction which seems like it's probably illogical, but you feel peaceful about it. It might be your attention being drawn to something, maybe something that you see or hear. Sometimes a physical sensation, sometimes a feeling, or even a smell might get your attention. It might be an unexpected emotion which God uses to catch your attention. You know that God can use your emotions to speak to you. We have a tendency, uh, as, as the English have a tendency, to be very distrustful of our emotions. But your emotions are given to you by God. And he can use them to direct you and to lead you. Take notice of unexpected emotions. God speaks to us each in different ways and in ways that work for us. So if you're a really logical numbers kind of person, God might draw your attention by using patterns that you notice in life. If you're creative, it might be images, music. If you're a really physical person, it might be physically experienced things. Because God is kind. He's kind like that. He speaks to us in ways that make sense to us personally. But we still need to learn to recognise these things as the spirit leading, as God speaking to us. And there's some really good questions that we can ask that help us to recognise this is God. We can ask things like, is this consistent with what scripture says about God's character? We can ask, does it ring true in my spirit? Remembering that we've, we have the mind of Christ and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Do I feel a sense of peace about this? What do other trusted followers of Jesus think about this? These questions, they can help us to recognise God's leading. When God speaks, when the Holy Spirit begins to stir something to lead us, it's very rare that that's the end of the story. It's actually really unusual for God just to download a whole prophetic message. Boom! That's what you need to do next. That would be like Google Maps reading all the directions before you've even turned the engine on. End of story, that's it, I'm not saying any more. I've learned that when God speaks, when he gets our attention, it is almost always an invitation. It's an invitation to a conversation that leads to deeper intimacy with God. It's an invitation to ask him questions, to seek him for more clarity. It's an invitation to take the first step. And to see, to see him begin to reveal a little bit more and a little bit more. Let me give a practical contemporary example. This might help some of you. Uh, some of you might have been here a few weeks ago when I, I stood at the front and I brought a word of encouragement that I felt God had given me. Um, and it used the image of the squirrels in our park not knowing what they were missing out on because they didn't know their natural environment. Now, 
I'm, I'm very aware that there was at least one person in this room who was here for the first time, they didn't know my name, and I am forever going to be known as the squirrel lady after bringing that word. But my point being, <laughs> my point being, what was the process of me recognising that this was God speaking, that this was uh, the spirit leading me at that point in time? Well, firstly, it was just being out in the park and taking notice of life around me that was going on. So when on three occasions in a short space of time, I had really, really strange objects dropped out of trees on the path in front of me by squirrels in the trees above, I just took notice of it. I've lived there for five years. I have walked in that park almost every day for five years, and that's never happened before. And then in a short space of time on three occasions, it caught my attention. There, there's the invitation. Jesus, are you drawing my attention to this for a reason? Is there a purpose in this? And I began a conversation in my mind with the Lord. What are you showing me? What's this about? And then just being ready and knowing that at some other point in time, it might come back to my mind in a context where it might help to explain something that's happening. It might help someone to understand something about the character of God or about his heart for them. That's, that's the process. It's, it's quite every day, isn't it? You see, often the moments when God chooses to speak, they're like that. They're just every day while other stuff is going on. We're getting on with our lives. Thomas Raymond Kelly, um, he was a Quaker educator in the early 1900s, and he described it like this. He said, there's a way of ordering our mental life on more than one level at once. On one level, we can be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs. But deep within, behind the scenes, at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, and a gentle receptiveness to divine breathings. Isn't that lovely? That's often more what being led by the Spirit looks like. Even when it comes to those big decisions in life, little things, little things that you could just choose to ignore. You could choose to put it down to, well, that was a really random thought, wasn't it? Being led by the Spirit, first and foremost, it's about having a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit in our everyday life that means we recognise his voice in the small and the mundane and the everyday things. Not just when he shouts from the rooftops, which he sometimes does. Being led by the Spirit is about relationship. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. When you know someone well, you know what their likes and their dislikes are. You know how they would react in any given situation. And you're able to make decisions taking that into consideration. If I'm cooking a meal for my wider family, I know that Sophie doesn't like mashed potato. My dad and my brother-in-law, they won't eat cheese. My sister, she doesn't like anything that has raisins in. My mum loves liver. My nieces, they really like sprouts. So I can make decisions on what to cook based on how well I know them. If I'm inviting somebody for dinner I've never met, never met or never had for a meal before, don't really know them, I've got to ring them up and ask them, what do you eat? Check it out. It's about 
becoming, it's about getting to know Jesus more. It's about the relationship with him. So that in our actions, our choices, our decisions of life, we're living from our identity as children of God. That's what Tim talked about last week, isn't it? Our identity as children of God. We're knowing his will, we're knowing his heart, and we're living accordingly from that place, led by the Spirit. It's not about having an instruction manual for everything we do, for where we live, for who we date, what job we take, what to wear, where to park, having a flashing arrow showing us which way to go at every turn. That's not what it looks like. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 16, it says this. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person, just in case you're not sure, that's us, judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ as those who are his. This means that because the spirit lives in us, as we develop deeper relationship and intimacy with him, becomes easier to discern, to recognise and understand those things that are from him. Even when sometimes those things look like folly to those who don't know him. Have you ever wondered how in Acts chapter 15, Luke is able to say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us? What a strange phrase. This is why. Because we can be aware of the Spirit's leading in this way. Learning to recognise the voice of God is a gradual process. It's linked to our relationship with him. I want to do a little experiment here to demonstrate this. And in a moment, in a moment, I'm going to give the thumbs up to uh, the guys on the tech desk who do a fantastic job every week. Thank you so much, by the way, genuinely. Um, And when I give them the thumbs up, they're going to play a short clip of somebody talking. And what I want you to do is as soon as you recognise who that person is, please raise your hand. And they're not going to change the slide just yet, are you, Joe? Just hold that thought. Um, As soon as you recognise who that person is, please raise your hand. As soon as you know who the person is. Okay, I hope this works. (laughs) Let's go. Actually, we can stop, John, you can stop it at that point. She's just going to read the verse that I just read. Um, So, 
I think that worked. <laughs> I'm quite pleased that that worked. Okay, so some of you raised your hands really quickly. Joe, your hand went straight up. Firstly, who was that person? It was Hannah Parrott. It was Hannah Parrott. Hannah Parrott. Here she is. My, my beautiful friend, Hannah. Hi, Ed and Hannah. I know that they're going to listen to this. And uh, thank you, Hannah, for recording this and being willing to do that for us. Ed and Hannah used to be part of the church here at CCM. And they now live in Frankfurt in Germany. Joe, you, your hand went straight up. How did you know that that was Hannah? Because it's Hannah. Because it's Hannah. <laughs> How did you know it was Hannah? It's Hannah. Someone who didn't recognise the voice at all. Let's see. Who, Becca, you didn't... Why did you not know who that was? <laughs> don't know Hannah. Don't know Hannah. Don't know Hannah. Yeah. See, for those of us who know Hannah... For people who have spent time with her, who've listened to her speak, who've spoken with her, it's really easy for us to say, that is Hannah Parrott. But for people who've never met her, don't know her, you've not spoken to her, you don't know what her voice sounds like, so you didn't recognise that it was her at all. Obvious, isn't it? It's obvious. And for those of you who know really well, you know Hannah really well, your hand went up, for some of you, as quickly as hearing her say, hi... You knew it was her. Those of you who knew her, but not quite so well, it took a little bit longer. Pete's hand went up, but he was a bit like, is it, is it not? Oh, I think it is. It took a bit longer to be sure who it was. And recognising God's voice is like that as well. Going back to that verse in Romans, for those who are God's children, for those who are not God's children, for those who have never met him, They don't know his voice. They can't be led by his spirit. But as his children, we do know him. And we can deepen that relationship. We can get to know him better. So that the more that we listen to his voice, the more we hear him, the easier it becomes to recognise his voice the next time. Just like me, when I'm driving, it is easier to be led by my dad than it is to be led by Google Maps. See, for me, when God began to speak to us, a fam- uh, to us as a family about moving, moving to Manchester, moving to Zimbabwe, when we did that, it, that wasn't the first time that I'd heard his voice. I'd been learning and growing to know how he speaks to me and to know what his leading looks like. So I was able to recognise, oh, this is God speaking Because I know his voice. I've heard it before. Developing a relationship with him that means I can recognise that this is God speaking. This is the spirit leading. And I'm still developing that relationship with him. Because I want to know his voice better. And I think that probably we all do, don't we? And that's about, it's about spending time with Jesus. It's about being aware of his presence with us in the everyday things of life. And it's also about those times that we set aside. Time to pray, time to read the Bible, time to worship, time to fast. Not just on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday evenings in in what might be seen as the formal church context, but at home by ourselves as well. And in relationship with other believers around us day by day. We need to continually get to know him better, to deepen our friendship, to deepen our love for him, 
so that we recognise his leadings in the small things, in the normal things and in the big things, so that we're not thrown, so that we don't panic and feel lost and flustered, but we're able to follow the Spirit's leading to recognise our Father's voice. And finally, being led by the Spirit, it involves action. Being led by the Spirit is not a passive thing. It always involves doing something. When we hear God, we need to do something about it. For those of us who've been looking at uh, this book of the term, Everyday Supernatural, you will know that in chapter 4, Mike describes Jesus' love language as obedience. Recently, I watched a video, a Bible study on the passage in Deuteronomy. The passage includes a prayer that is prayed by Jews morning and night, even to this day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That prayer is called the Shema. There it is, the Shema. Shema in Hebrew means to listen, to hear. But it means so much more than just to hear and listen. It means to act and to obey. It means to hear, to listen in such a way that it provokes an action from within us to the res- to, in response to what we've heard. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You will love him. That's the action. You will act. It involves risk. It involves stepping out. And that's part of getting to know and recognising his voice, actually, because the more often when you have that thought, maybe, maybe this is God leading and you act on it and then you see him do something, it means that it's easier for you the next time to go, oh, yeah, this sounds like that and I can do it. I know that you recognise God's voice quicker. Being led by the Spirit, it means that we hear his voice. When we think God may be speaking, we shema, we act. We hear and we act. Let me tell you just one more story. One more story as an example of just the very everyday nature of being led by the Spirit. A few weeks ago, um, I had to find a print shop to get some documents printed for my work. And I decided that I would like to go local on this occasion. So I found a print shop that was walking distance from my house. I rocked up, uh, door was locked, knocked on the door because I could... I knew they were open, knocked on the door or uh, waited while the guy opened the door and he let me in to what was a slightly dingy office come shop front area um, and he asked me to take a seat after picking up a whole load of junk that was on the chair and dumping it somewhere else and he then proceeded um, to, to chain smoke um, whilst he did my printing. So this was an older Asian gentleman um, and I will be honest, this was awkward. It was an awkward situation. I'm sitting silently in this chair, in this dingy room, while this guy is silently smoking and printing my documents out. And um, I, I, yeah, it was awkward. I, I spotted a kid's painting on the wall. And as I looked at it, this little thought came in my head, exactly like this. Ask who the budding artist in his family is. It was a thought. I could just have dismissed it, but I recognised that thought. That's the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, that's a lovely picture on the wall. Who's the budding artist in your family? That simple question 
opened up a conversation in which he told me all about his family. We ended up talking about God and faith. Really tiny thing, really small thing in the whole scheme of things. I've been back a couple of times to have other things printed since then. Now when I go in, he asks me how my church is doing, um, what God, what's God up to, and we have conversations. I have no idea where this is going. But look what happened because I just recognised that moment. That's the joy of being led by the Spirit. You get to partner with God. You get to see what's going to happen. And it off, but it often involves stepping out of your comfort zone doing something a little bit risky. And this morning, that's actually where we started. We started with the response. We started by sending those text messages um, because I just wanted people to recognise that actually sometimes even a simple act of saying to God, who can I encourage today? And doing what he says or acting on that thought, oh, that person might need a text, that person might need a phone call, might pop round to that person's house. That is, that is being led by the Spirit. That's a life of being led by the Spirit, of following the promptings of Jesus.